another episode of the CJ McCollum Show. I am currently recording in the practice facility. As you can see, the bobbleheads right behind me. I think they set them up now to understand that this is our office. This is a shared space that we'll be using throughout the year. And I'm extremely thankful for, for it. Shout out to Matt for allowing me to use his desk and allow me to use their office. Today is December 18th, Tuesday, tomorrow. Well, the day this podcast comes out, we'll be playing against the Memphis Grizzlies. And we'll have lots to talk about. But right now, we want to talk about the Pelicans. How well the Pelicans Wait, I want to talk about your bobblehead back there. Does it look like you? How many? Are you even up there? Because I've been in that. Yeah. Uh, it's it's B.I., Herb, J.V., Zion, and myself. Okay. And it kind of looks but like me. Bob- it's got like a half, like the chin straps, like... This is like last year, so it's like almost connected. And then this is like almost connected. But it's like blame my dad, like the mustache grows and this grows, but I can't connect it. It's it's, it's really sad, actually. Oh, I'm sorry. You, mm-hmm. you know, it's okay. Yeah, I think you're doing okay. Because we're on the CJ McCollum podcast. <laughs> talking about your MBA career. So we're, we're you're, you're, this this not connecting is, you know, not the worst thing to happen. Four, four years away from it connecting. Yeah. See, don't even get me into like, if that's what men problems are, let's not even get into the list of women problems. But that's not how we're going to start this. Let's start giving out by giving out awards because this is our last show before 2024. Wow. A year has passed. We got to get used to saying 2024. Yeah, this year, I don't even know. It's been a year. It's been, I've had two kids this year, basically, is what it feels like. (laughs) Not really. That would be a miracle, but yeah. <clears throat> it's a miracle in general that you got your baby girl. But um, it has been a year, and uh, I'm glad that you're healthy and that your baby girl's healthy. And we've started off uh, the season. It, there's been a lot happening. You know, the in-season tournament <clears throat> made it pretty exciting and um, talked about beginning of the year. Usually at this at the beginning of the year, as um, you know, yes, you you are a member of the New Orleans Pelicans, but you're also a member of our ESPN crew, a newer one. But a um, tradition as old as time is that we beat to death the award picks from the beginning, like MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, Rookie of the Year. We talk about that all year all year long. So we haven't done that yet on our show, so we might as well get our first early picks in because that's just what we do. I, I'm, I'm taking the pause as, as you wanted me to go first, so I will go first. MVP, let's just start with the MVP. Let's just, just yes. start with it. Because I know fans are going to be very critical of my answer here. I'm going to give a list of MVPs, and then I'm just going to pick one, because why not? We have the Joker, who I'm okay. going to preface this with. Joker is the best player in the NBA um, for lots of reasons, the way he controls the game, his pace, uh, point center, Gets to the free throw line, makes his teammates better. Obviously, he's virtually unstoppable at the block. He shoots threes. He has this one-legged thing that he does where he kind of looks at you uh, in a lackadaisical manner. And he (laughs) shoots a one-legged leaning shot. And I think just his pure dominance and ability to control a game in so many different aspects makes him the clear best player in the NBA in my eyes. So I start with Joker. Jason Tatum is the easy pick right here, um, basically averaging 30 points a game. 
for the Boston Celtics, who have won, I think they're 14 and four against teams over 500, like 14 and 0 at home. I don't think they've lost at home yet. Missoula's yeah. coaching really well. JB's dunking on people every night. Uh, Porzingis has been a great addition. Drew, Drew Holiday's a plug and play. He can guard one through five. They can switch. Um, I really think that they've taken steps forward in terms of ability to execute late in games. They find their matchups and they have two of arguably the best one-on-one players and three-level scores um, in the league. And that's what you need in the playoffs. You need guys that can score in the half court. So I go Tatum. Embiid is an easy answer. The Sixers are just beating beating the snot out of everybody. Um, he sat out nine fourth quarters uh, this season, which is incredible. Crazy. Leads the NBA in scoring. Um, does that, look- that leads the NBA in scoring and has sat out of nine fourth quarters. So it's Embiid is an easy answer. So that's two, you know you can't three. keep saying easy answer if you have like four dudes that are easy answers. I'm going to easy gonna, answer if it's one. I'm going to pick one at the end. So okay, 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 okay. I I had to give you a hard time. So that was an easy answer. I'm, I'm prepping you for your comment section. That's all I'm doing. Yeah. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stop with those three. Luca. All right. Sorry. Respect. I gotta be respectful. That's my pick. But I'll be there. I'll say it that. I gotta be respectful. I think the voters are gonna get voters fatigue, and they're gonna they're gonna shy Ooh. away from. Ooh. They're gonna shy away from Embiid, and they're gonna shy away from Joker because they could arguably win it every year. Giannis could arguably win it every year, and I think, like you said before, Tatum or Luca probably ends up winning it this year because how well they're playing individually, obviously, how well their teams are playing, and also the fact that they've never there, won it. There's before. also a narrative around Tatum that he's like kind of sacrificing a little bit right now um, in terms of what he's doing and in, in, in allowing his team, his teammates and his like starting five to kind of gel more. Um, so his production is not as standout maybe as say a Luca, but I, 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 I like your uh, voter fatigue angle. You see what I did uh, there? I am a voter. Yes. Do you get voters fatigue? Uh, no. You maybe that, I don't know. Maybe really I maybe maybe I do. Um, but you know, I I all I know is that the at the end of the year I develop a a twitch in my eye because I get so stressed out. because um, it's like a whole week process of me and a spreadsheet and you know running my my picks through all of the people in my life who you know I talk basketball with. Um, and also going through these kind of exercises because it matters. Like the these these votes kind of dictate a lot about guys' contracts and <clears throat> careers and legacy. Um, so you know, I I think when you say voters fatigue, it almost indicates like a um lackadaisical approach, but it is just kind of a lot of we're humans. And so when you're getting human votes, it's about like how you consume the league. Um, so I, I, I hear, I hear that. Uh, so you said you were going to pick your, your one. So out of those easy picks, who are you going with? Out of those easy picks. I'm just looking at the stats right now, just to kind of support my evidence. So right now, if I had to pick an MVP, I'm going with Joker because of his efficiency. Like, okay. 27 points, 12.4 rebounds, nine and a half assists. His performance index rating is 21.6, which means like, just like Wilt Chamberlain, like some of the Michael Jordan, some of the greatest players ever. Like his PR is basically higher than 
some of theirs, which is incredible. Like, just showing you the efficiency all around game. Take him off the Denver Nuggets. How good are they? I think there's a lot of ways you can measure, like, most valuable player. Is it the most valuable player well, in the league? Is it the most absolutely. valuable player to the team? I think in my case, I'm looking at it like this. You take Joker off the Denver Nuggets, what does that team look like? I mean, some say it's arguably the best starting five in the league, but I agree with you. He's the best player in the NBA. I, You're 100% right. This is something I go, I deal with every year when trying to decide MVP. Like, which angle of MVP am I going to go with? Um, you know, like, I think a lot has drawn from, you know, when Russell Westbrook won MVP for setting the triple-double double record and doing and making history that no one else had made before. Or, you know, um, when Kevin Durant won MVP, when Russell Westbrook was hurt, or just um, voters fatigue. I mean, you could argue that LeBron James should have won more MVPs, but as you said, you know, it was someone else's turn. Um, I agree with you that Jokic is the best player in the league, but you could also make the argument for take Luka Doncic off of the Mavericks, where would they be? They would not be, you know, third in the West as they are right now. Um, are they third in the West? It always changes. Um, and he's just been playing. His numbers have been insane. Um, and I, I, I think what Joel Embiid is doing as well um, with the Sixers is, you know, just like production. Uh, kind of similar to what he did last year. Um, and they're third in the East. Um, and so, I mean, take him off of the Sixers. I think it's hard. I think it's hard, you know, when you start playing, like take the best player off, off of the, the team, team. It is because tough. this is a stars league. Um, but I think, you know, it's appropriate to have that many guys up, up at the top in December 18th of, you know, the year. Uh, those are the guys I agree that 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 list of, um, you know, Luca, Jokic, Tatum, Joel is an appropriate list so far. And I just want to preface my Joker pick with this. Any one of these guys could win it. There's a lot that can happen throughout the rest of the season. Embiid is averaging 34.2 points per game, 11.7 rebounds, six assists with a performance index rating of 22 and a half. Like, what he's doing is unlike anything we've we've ever seen before. Like we've yeah. we've never seen this this type of dominance over the course of a season. Um where the guy is sitting out he sat out almost half of the fourth quarters. It's stupid. And he's averaging thirty four points a game. Like that is absurd. So he could obviously win the MVP. He's obviously amidst turmoil, by the way, and brand new teammates in the, to start the year as well. Yeah, they and, had, a, and a new head coach. They had a little situation um, this year, huh? Yeah. And, you know, you could argue, too, Shea. Shea's been fantastic. The Thunder is second in the West. Um, Shea is really good. Giannis. Mm, I forgot about the Bucks. I didn't even I mean, say the Bucks, about Shea. Yeah. This and is going to be tough. It's, well, yeah, look, no. If anything, it's a celebration of the league. Like, the stars are starring right now. It's great. Um, you know, and then you have... The Lakers winning the in-season tournament, like it, the the stars are, the the league's in a good place, um, you know. And I think another um, star we've been missing um, is John Morant, a guy that you know won um, 
most improved player, which by the way, when he won most improved player, what did you think of that? Cause I, I voted for him and I had a little of most when, when for most improved player because the numbers spoke to it. But when you have a, a guy, yes, he took a leap, but he was already kind of a star. So mm-hmm. he went from good to great though. I think that was yeah. the difference. There was a huge jump there. Obviously he was already very good basketball player, but he took it to a whole nother level, like another stratosphere and the numbers, the team success, how dominant he was in games for his team. Uh, you're talking about a six-one-six-two guard that was leading the NBA in, in points in the paint per game at one point. Like, and you got seven footers who dunk everything. You got the Giannis's of the world, the Embiid's of the world. You have all those dominant centers. And Ja was getting like 17, 18 points per game in the paint, like as a guard. The dominance that he was displaying consistently led me to believe that he just not only did he deserve most improved, but he was, you know, first team all NBA type of talent where yeah. he's virtually unstoppable in transition, running the pick and roll so well. People forget the year the Warriors won it all, he had he put up forty a forty ball on them and I think they were winning in that series at one point. And then he yeah. ended up getting hurt. Well, back to your argument of take take the star off the team. I mean last year you know, when he missed those games, they, they were able to kind of survive and even thrive without him this year. Not so much, you know, they're six and 18. Um, but he, you know, returns after his 25 game suspension, uh, against you guys, um, on Tuesday, uh, first game of the season, you know, what, what's your reaction to, his comments um, on Friday about the time he spent, um, you know, away um, from playing in games because he was still allowed to practice and, uh, you know, shoot around with the team, which was helpful for, for him, obviously, and for the team um, to, you know, keep him, keep him around and have him be present in that way. But what were your reactions to how he spent the last, uh, the beginning of the season and, and, you know, what do you anticipate his about his return on Tuesday? Yeah, I think his return, first of all, I hope it's a, a fantastic night for him in a loss, um, first and foremost. But I think that <laughs> fans are, are going to be excited to see him play. Obviously, the Memphis Grizzlies fans are going to be excited. Their, te- their team is going to be happy to have him back with so many injuries they've had this season. And Steven Adams, uh, the other athletic big that they lost, um, losing Tyus Jones to the Wizards, that's another thing that, you know, really hurt them in terms of, you know, that point guard presence, that backup point guard that can be a starter, kind of kind of keeps the team organized, keep, keeps the team afloat when Ja's not in the game. I think they really miss him. Um, but all in all, I think Ja playing basketball is great for the sport. You're talking about a guy who's becoming like a global icon. If you, if you, if you want to use the Allen Iverson comparisons in terms of young, Culture-driven, athletic, explosive. He has his own signature shoe. He dunks on centers. He's got the swag. He's got the hair. He's got the the dyed, you know, uh, dread yeah. in the front. Like <clears throat> he's a trendsetter, and he's a he's a guy that can pack out arenas and influence people. And that's the sign of greatness when you pack it out. I played against the Memphis Grizzlies when he's there, and I've watched games on League Pass when he's not there, and it is completely different in terms of mm-hmm. 
the intensity, the crowd, the competition level, who's in the stands. You're not seeing Moneybag Yo. You're not seeing, you know, all the all of Memphis finest rappers. You're not seeing them at games when he's not playing. That's just the way it is. Yeah, and you know their their swag, if you will, has been missing from that Grizzlies team because they were this this young, energetic, kind of in your face team. Um, we'll see what type of like approach Jaw takes to the start of the year. You know, is he going to come out just like dunking on dudes again? <laughs> you know, like just to remind people like I'm still him, if you will, um, or if, you know. Is this experience going to kind of temper his um, edge? Uh, either way, I think the game is better with John ja Moran in it. And I hope that, you know, the time that he spent away from the game, um, you know, he learned some lessons and not just him, the people around him, his family. He spoke about that on Friday, that it was not just something that he had to learn, but the people in his life around him had to learn about, you know, what, what's important and how to protect it. Um, so, you know, I think the whole league, um, including Adam Silver are, are, are rooting for John Morant to, um, you know, have, have put this all behind him. Um, because look, he didn't, he didn't break any laws. He just, uh, you know, broke some NBA rules and, um, needed to kind of look at himself and figure out, you know, how could I be the best version of myself? So they need him. Um, you know, I know you don't want him to have that good of a game when they play you guys on Tuesday, but mm -mm. I think a lot of eyes will be on just how, how good he will play. Um, you know, and, and, and Morant said, on Friday that basketball has been his therapy during his whole life and that taking the game away made things more difficult too. And so sometimes when, you know, you're just left with yourself and your thoughts, it, it's, it's hard to, to manage. Um, but at other times it, it could help you kind of sift through maybe the distractions that were limiting you from, you know, um, being the best version of yourself. And, um, you know, I think it's interesting, you know, Jaws coming back from a suspension. And now there's also another high profile player in Draymond Green, who is in his um, indefinite suspension. Um, and reportedly, you know, he started counseling and is expected to remain suspended for at least the next three weeks. Um, you know, what, what are your thoughts on, on Draymond and just where we're at right now and his, his treatment, you know, I, like it's, it's hard because people are talking, it's like, he needs help. Um, yeah. it's hard to kind of summarize like what it is or pinpoint because we're not in Draymond's head. Right. Um, but how do you feel just about him being indefinitely suspended um, and how, you know, his return should look like. Yeah. I mean, I know Draymond personally, and I think speaking to his character is important. Draymond is a really good dude off the court. Like on all accounts, I've known him since, and I, I joke about it all the time. I've known him since he was a chubby kid at Michigan state and I was a chubby kid at Lehigh. And we played against Michigan State when I was in college. So I've known him for a very, very long time. Tried out for the USA team together. Um, 
the under, I don't know, under 20 or under 21 USA team. So I've known him for a long, long time. I got a lot of respect for his work ethic, things he does in his community, how he leads his family, uh, the father he is to his children. So Draymond has done some, unfortunately, bad things on the court. By bad things, I just mean like costly things to his team and to himself in terms of maybe anger, maybe reactions, things of that nature. And he knows it's been costly because he understands how important he is to the Warriors team and their franchise. And now with him not being on the court, they're obviously not as good as a team, which is, you know, impacting their community and impacting him. But I think he's just got to make better decisions. And I think he knows that um, in terms of controlling his temper, controlling his anger. And in in this case, um, this, this, this latest case with the with the Nurkic situation, just not putting himself in position to have these types of issues. Play hard, play with intensity like you normally do, lead your troops. If you want to get technicals, you can get technicals. But there's there's a point at which you cross the line, I think, to Adam's point and to the league's point and to the point at which he's seeking counseling now, he has crossed the line. I don't think it's a matter of him necessarily needing rehab or, or counseling. It's about better decision-making and being able to speak to someone to help you kind of get to that point where you make better decisions in the heat of the moment. It's easy to make great decisions when you're relaxing at your house or outside of the competitive environment, but being able to make good decisions in a competitive em- environment when the stakes are raised, when you may be angry, when you may be frustrated, when you may be excited, I think is important. And, and for me personally, I have a therapist and my therapist has helped me a lot in many different ways. And sometimes we need therapy, not just for sports, but for life. Like we all are going through different things in life. And I think I encourage counseling with the right therapist. I think it's, it's really important that you find the right one. And there may be underlying themes that we're all going through that you weren't aware of or traumas from childhood that affect you today. Personally, I can speak to the things that I've gone through and, and how a therapist has helped unlock things in me in terms of my ability to to find a different level of peace and comfort in all aspects of my life. So I think when I see someone seeking counseling, I don't necessarily think it's, oh, Draymond has issues and he can't control his anger. I think it's more making sure everything is in line the way it should be and that you're leading the life that you want to live and leading the life that you want to lead on and off the floor, because we have a long life to live outside of basketball. And we don't want a couple mistakes in the heat of the moment to affect how we're viewed for the rest of our life. And I think he's at that point now where I think he's got the clarity and the understanding of the importance of him, not only leading his household, but, you know, being the heart and soul of the Golden State Warriors. So he just has to make great decisions going forward that are best for himself and for his team. And if he doesn't, obviously the consequences will continue to come. I think that's so important and so helpful for you to kind of share that, CJ, because for so long, there's been kind of a stigma around therapy. And I think the NBA has done an incredible job of kind of leading the charge in awareness, whether it be Kevin Love talking about his panic attacks or, you know, um, uh, DeRozan talking about his battle with anxiety and mental health issues, uh, Kelly Oubre. Um, and I'm not saying that this is what Draymond's dealing with, but just like that, you know, as much as you, you all work out your bodies, you know, your, your brain, your mind is a muscle just as well. And, um, you know, like we all, like we all are dealing with things, uh, on a day-to-day basis. You all are dealing with things on a public platform and you know for people to criticize and talk about on podcasts and you know like if that's it could be hard to deal with and um Draymond also has a family and you know he's rounding the corner on his career as well there's 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 stuff to deal with that as you know as like 
maybe your body's changing. There's, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that any of this is what I know that he's dealing with. It's just, I'm trying to say we all deal with things as life goes on. And so him seeking out counseling just to talk to someone because it's becoming a bit of a habit this year, clearly, you know, how, how can he break that um, cycle? And a way to break a cycle is to kind of add in a new routine to, to help your, your mind and body. Um, so, I mean, I hope, I hope Draymond gets whatever type of help because we all need help in, in this life um, to just get back on the court and be that guy that we all know that he can be, which is help this team um, is the heart and soul of this team. Um, and, you know, like, I, I just hope that like we're done talking about Draymond, um, you know, disappointing people because I think that's kind of just been a, um, just been a little bit of a a thing this year. Um, and you know he's a Hall of Famer. He doesn't deserve this to be what people think about when they think about him. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you are into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, so Draymond's probably going to want to put, you know, 2023 to bed and start 2024 brand new. Um but I, I want to like, since this is our last podcast of the year, um, I want to get your thoughts just on your favorite memory so far um, of the of the last year. Uh, I mean, other than the birth of your baby girl, um, Margo, and also, you know, successfully or um, healing from your injury and being healthy. That's I'm thankful for that. That's a highlight for me for sure. I'm no doubt it's a highlight for you. You stealing my highlights? Yeah. Um I'll start besides obviously the birth of my my baby girl Margo um in the midst of the lung collapse was something that I always remember for for lots of reasons. Um it's just it's really cool being a parent and having a daughter being able to, you know, look at your your baby girl and kind of see the innocence and the the sincerity and the love that they have. Um, it's a really cool feeling. So outside of that, I would say highlights. I really enjoy 
just spending time with my family. So like, that's always fun for me. That's like a daily thing. And then I think milestones, like birthdays, anniversaries, those things are important. We get so caught up in like the day-to-day life, work, the schedule, change diapers, whatever, go hoop. And you kind of forget about the importance of small things. So just being able to celebrate my grandma's birthday um, in August was was a lot of fun. Just seeing so many family. And, you know, my grandma is the type of person that says, you know, I don't know how many more birthdays I got left. Like she's one of those types of people. So I just try to make sure that I just really enjoy those moments. And we have fish fries and stuff like that. So the storytelling when, when we're in those settings and, you know, as you get older, you realize people don't people don't live forever. So you try to get as much from them as you can and as many gyms as you can. So I would say birthdays are my favorite. Celebrate my wife's birthday. My father, my mom's birthday was three days ago and she was in Vegas and we'll celebrate in the summertime um, for her. But I think those are like my favorite times in the year because that's the only time September you September really 19th, the best day yeah. that's ever the happened. Yeah. So, I mean, Cassidy and I share the same birthday and, you know, we, we have this affinity for Virgos and an appreciation for how great we are as people. So I think yeah. that's just And we'll tell you if you're day. not great because that's, you know. We're very good very, at that. Very Virgo-like. So I would say those are the, the moments I appreciate. And then I think on the court, I would say experiencing the in-season tournament was a cool moment for this year because we got to play in the first one. Now, getting our ass kicked wasn't really fun. But the experience of being in Vegas, like kind of being a kid again, like experiencing something that you haven't, haven't been in the league for over a decade, and being the oldest player on my team, which is crazy to say out loud. I've just experienced a lot. I've seen a lot. I've done a lot. So it's it's just a unique experience where it's a first time thing to where like you really don't know what's going to happen. You don't know the environment. You're staying at a new hotel, playing in Vegas for the first time since Summer League, which for me was 2013. So over 10 years ago, it's a really cool experience that I that I enjoy. And then the last thing I'll say is the the first game of every year um, and the last day of training camp is just like a, a reminder that you know I made it through another you know threshold and. The average lifespan of NBA players three and a half years. So whenever I can, you know, finish a training camp or start another season, it's just like a a check on my bucket. And the last thing I'll say is I still have tweets saved from when I was a rookie, and people were tweeting at me trash cans and saying that I was trash and that I would never make it. Hmm. Um, and and I just laugh because now I'm in year eleven, yeah. and I obviously made it because I have the CJ McCollum show. Let them know, <laughs> haters. Haters gonna hate though, you know. Like this world's built on him. Yeah. My, mommy, my mommy always believed in me, so I don't care. <laughs> that, was, that, that was wonderful. Um, yeah. No, your like, turn. I mean, um, most recently, I loved celebrating my daughter's fifth birthday through her mm-hmm. fifth birthday party that was entirely too much. Uh, spoiled children, but uh, you know, it's just the millennial way. We spoil our children because we, <laughs> we love them so much. Um, and I, you know, I love the in season tournament. Um, you know, to start the year, I've had a lot of opportunity to work with the one team um, on sidelines and the new one team in, in Mike Green, Doris Burke, and um, Doc Rivers. You know, and I've, I've known Doc for a while just covering. Um, the Sixers a lot recently. And then, um, of course, when he was with the Clippers, um, in the bubble, we also got close. So, you know, it's been fun kind of being on the other side of the mic. And Doris honestly is one of my best friends. Um, not just like my best colleague, she's one of my best friends. And so to be able to work with her, 
you know, and learn from one of the greatest to ever do it, um, to start this, this year. And I'm going to be with them a lot in January on the ABC games as Lisa's finishing up her, um, NFL schedule. So I think that's just like a huge privilege and something that I've been, um, you know, working towards, you know, wanting to be considered for, um, moving up on, on that broadcast team. So that's definitely something I'm very thankful for. And of course, Mike Breen is also the goat and he, you know, is one of the best to ever do it for a reason. Um, and to learn from him, he's a, he's a great teacher and just his process, um, and how seriously he takes his craft. And so, um, just watching him do what he does, I think I learn every time I'm around him. So it's been a really great, I think that's been something this year um, that's really, you know, sat with me to appreciate. And then getting an opportunity to be with the team that I'm going to be with during the playoffs, which is um, a new team as well. And JJ Reddick and um, RJ, Richard Jefferson and Ryan Rucco. Me and Ryan have been friends for a really long time. Ryan and I, he was there calling my very first NBA game when I was on the sidelines. And um, JJ is one of the smartest people um, in in sports broadcasting. So working with him is just a joy. And then RJ is really, truly one of the best teammates I've ever had. Being around him is like, um, is it, he instantly makes me feel better. So I'm excited to be with that team. And last but not least, joining you on this podcast. Aww. I, like this has been so fun like cj we've known each other for a while like you know i've covered you and we've interacted but man i mean i know we're not in the same place but i've been feeling it like the bond is real and i love just catching up talking about the league with you and you know adding this podcast is not work it's just like all right let's let's see what's going on in the league let me talk to Let's let me talk to my guy about what's going on. And I hope you feel that way too. We're just starting this thing. Like come, come playoff time. Like I don't, you know, I, I hope it just keeps getting more and more fun for you because it's already really fun for me. So that those are, those are definitely been highlights for me to start this year. Um, so yeah. I mean, we should have ended with this. How do we talk? That was very sweet. That was so sweet. Thank you. And I, I've enjoyed doing the podcast with you as well. And I think it's it's really cool just talking about sports, just being able to catch up and just being able to get your perspective, you know, for as someone who's covered so many games and watched the games and can appreciate basketball. So thank you for being a part of this show. I mean, it's a, this, I'm 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 happy to be here and you let me kind of uh help you out here on the CJ McCollum show. Um and, and it's going to be a hard right turn because we want to get back to basketball because this is what we do on this <laughs> show. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine, especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups and sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up and power your buys and tries the right way or de-stress with some cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, 
poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is a bit of an old story now, but I need to know your take on the basketball gate with Giannis. Um, so last week, he set a personal and franchise record, 64 points over the Pacers. Um, the Pacers at the end of the game took their basketball to give to their rookie, um, Oscar Shibwe, for their first career, for his first career point. Um, mm-hmm. And then Giannis lost it trying to get it back. Uh, I mean, you saw the video. Um, if you didn't, just look it up. Your thoughts quickly, just like, who deserved the ball? Um, who was in the wrong? And um, give us a little backstory on like this whole like unwritten rule of game balls. Yeah, so I think in this case – the Pacers were in the wrong. I think they, I think they were being petty. I thought it was funny how they took the ball and you know basically said they wanted to give it to their rookie who scored his, scored his first points. But videos show that he actually scored in the in season tournament. But then there's like, does the in season tournament actually count? Like, who knows? But needless to say, the road team doesn't get to take the ball um, unless there's like a crazy milestone. The home team keeps the ball always. Like you don't let the road team ever come in because first of all. You know how hard it is to pick like a good basketball in the NBA. Like you have all these balls, you got to kind of no. pick through them. You got to wear them in. And before the game starts, there's three balls the refs bring you, and you pick which one you like. The other team kind of agrees or disagrees, and then you go from there. And you have three balls to rotate, basically in case there's beer spilled on one, whatever the case may be. Then you switch it out. But it's hard to find a good game ball in the league, and when you find one, you want to hold on to it. That's the first part. The second part is he scored 64 points. He broke the franchise record. He gets the basketball. He's at home. Two-time MVP. Two-time MVP. You don't take the ball. I think there was more animosity as to how he scored those points, him dunking at the end of the game against the second the second stringers. And there was a little tension from the in-season tournament game where certain someone tapped their wrists. So I think all that kind of played into the antics at the end of the game. Oh, okay. And so that's also why... Giannis was like, I got a ball, but I don't think it's the ball. Right, because if you see the video, I, I watch this a lot of times. You can hear the wow. Pacers saying, don't give it to You were genuinely interested, or did you have to do was, it for like the PA? I was genuinely interested. This was not a PA matter. I just <laughs> okay. wanted to see what I didn't know if it, it got that deep. I don't know. No, I wanted to see behind the scenes. And I heard the Pacers saying, like, don't give it to him. Don't give it to him. Like, don't give him the ball. And they're like arguing that Giannis is charging, you know, like, like a super villain. He was. Uh, about to just run through a wall to get that ball back. And the funny part is that he said he didn't get the ball from the finals when he had that 50-burger in the uh, yeah, uh, elimination yeah. game. So I'm like, I don't know how he didn't get that ball. That was at home and he had a 50-burger in the finals and he was the finals MVP. But that doesn't make any sense. But So I think that was like his his thought process was like, I didn't get that ball. I'm getting this one so he can give it to his mom, which is really sweet. But I think the the thing that people don't understand is that there's three game balls for the game. So – Understanding that the opposing team also travels with basketballs, they could have just gave him any ball and said, this is the game ball. And understanding how petty players are in the league, I'm sure that they just gave him any ball and said it was the game ball. And they kept the real game ball for their rookie who scored his first career points. 
All right. I mean, it's just a whole lot of nonsense. <laughs> but I look, I know a lot. these things matter um, to players. So, I, yeah, I I think it should have gone to Giannis. Um, but what do I know? You just you just broke it all down. Um, I hope. I mean, I think if you say there's three balls, like how do you when you when there's three balls, like. What does that mean? Do they ever so the switch it out on per- Before the game, you'll see them at half court, like right when referees come out. They all have a ball. There's three referees. They have three basketballs. They go up to you. They hand you the ball. Whoever the captain is, whoever's in charge of picking out the game ball, like it's usually like one of the better players because they got to shoot it the most. They give you the ball. You kind of like touch it, throw it up and down. I pass it to B.I. Like, what do you think? He's usually like, mm, don't like that one. Throw him another one. Don't like that one. They give him that one. He's like, ah, this one's okay. So I tell him this one's okay. I don't really care because put me anywhere on God's green earth. I check my word. Um, So you kind of go back and forth, back and forth. Then the other team gets the ball. Same thing. The reason why there's three is because chances are if you brought one ball out, guys would be like, no, I don't like it. Then where's your other option? So they have three balls that you have to choose from. The home team chooses the three balls that, that are presented. So the home team basically selects three balls that they like they would like to play with for each game. The referees get those balls. They have to measure them, make sure there's a certain amount of air in them. There's like all these tests they have to do. So it's not like a Tom Brady situation. Shout out to Tom Brady. Um, And then they kind of go from there. The reason why there's three is because chances are you're not going to like one. And then if there's an incident during the game where something happens to the basketball, you're readily available to switch on an already approved basketball. All right. That's the gist of it. Thanks for breaking that all down. Um, No problem. (laughs) I mean, I, okay. I hope Giannis is happy. Did the rookie get another one of those balls? If there's three balls, give him the other ball. I I don't know. But Dennis Schroeder went over 10,000 points and he got the game ball. Wait, what? Dennis Schroeder in Toronto. They made a joke uh, about it. He's like, is this the real ball? (laughs) I'll send you the video. (laughs) Okay. And then uh, Eric Spolscher was like, we made sure Jimmy got the ball after Jimmy hit the game winner, like as a joke. So everybody's just making, everybody making a joke this. out of it. I yeah. mean, this league is so petty. I still can't get over how the Suns uh, DJ made a whole remix of Steve Kerr's uh, comments about how loud it is. And that was pretty Phoenix. funny. It was. It was actually very good. Um, let's kind of wrap up here on your Pelicans. Wrap it up uh, a, a good road trip. Smashed a record. Hitting twenty two out of forty two threes uh, mm-hmm. Sunday over San Antonio. You said on the last pod that you hoped the Spurs like broke their losing streak before y'all. So mm-hmm. you know, and they did um, with the Lakers uh, losing to Wemby and crew, and then you guys just ran them out the gym. How are you guys feeling? Um, how are you feeling about your team heading into twenty twenty four? I feel good. I think we're in a really good spot. We've won four in a row as of today. And the cool part is outside of that shellacking we took against the Lakers, we've played really well the last month and a half of the season. I think I think looking at how well we're playing, how well we're moving the ball, how well we're shooting from three, our roster continuing to get more healthy with myself being back, uh, B, I, and Z obviously playing together, Trey Murphy coming back to the lineup. Our bench has been great. They've been consistent. 
Um, our starters got to start games better, and that's why I need to make sure that we're starting games better offensively and defensively so that we're not digging ourselves in a hole and then allowing our bench to play with the league for once instead of playing from behind and having to get us the league. But I think if you look at where we're at right now, um, we're in a really good spot. We're in a really, really good spot. We got some home games coming up. We obviously got a trip to Cleveland, and then we're basically home until January 3rd. So we got a chance to really – take advantage of what has been a favorable December schedule as we roll into January and February with more travel. I think it's important for us to just continue to stack really good days and build a, a nice foundation of wins so that as we get closer to the end of the season, we we afford ourselves the opportunity to potentially rest and be able to play uh, home home playoff games. So it's nice. You're going to be home leading up to Christmas and after Christmas. Are you done with your Christmas shopping? No, no, I'm not. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send some wires out here in the next couple of days. It's, it's rough. It's rough out here, and then I just keep forgetting people, and then, yeah. then you got the tipping situation. It's, I mean, it's yeah. I mean, the people that I needed to get gifts to, I got gifts to. Um, what staff, about your wife? All that stuff. What, what about your oh, wife? We have had a great conversation about not you, getting each other oh, gifts this year. Gosh, you're at that point in your marriage now. <laughs> oh, we've been, we've been, we've been together since I was. 20 years old i'm 32 so, so it's like oh see, we're right. at that point we're at the point where it's like don't give me don't anything give me, but then it, don't what, give me but anything. then but then do you get like a present and then you get mad at each other for getting up she said okay she said okay i got you some small things i was like well how many small things like right so i could kind of size it up like okay i'll get her a couple small gifts no big gifts it's it's a blessing and a present to be in her presence oh okay every day okay see that right there but you're still gonna get her something big right no oh, i'm not okay. Just- I'm not because she said not to. Okay, she said, right. don't give me anything. Okay. Um, so right now, I'm going to get some cards. I'm going to get some some like little stuff that she likes. Yeah, and then I, I keep a big gift in the house um, for, for like these holidays just in case. So I have a gift that's already wrapped that I can give her at any point. Oh. Oh. Just in case. You're that prepared? You have like a backup gift? Is this just in case you F up? And then you're like, but I got you something. Babe. No, I don't do that. I don't. I don't f up. <laughs> this is this is this is beautiful. This is no. This I is got so it. brilliant. I, I always. This is your break in case of emergency gift. What kind of wrapping is on it? It's wrapped and it's hidden. Oh, and it's it's a it's nice unlocked gift. unlocked a new level of husbanding. Husband- it's a nice husband. gift and it's hidden and I can bring it out for birthdays, whatever, just in case. It's brilliant. It's actually mm-hmm. brilliant. So if she does get me a big gift, I have one already wrapped. Hey, all you men listening, this is this is next level. Take notes. Um, this is how you do it. All right. Well, great. So then you guys are going to be able to sit and watch all the games on Christmas Day on ESPN and no ABC. Christmas. No Christmas games for the kid. Yeah, I had two Christmases in Utah. Love playing on Christmas, but it's tough playing on Christmas in Utah because it's hard to travel when yes. you got family. It's hard yes. to get to Utah and get out like in a timely manner. Yes. And you're going to have your first Christmas with Margo. Mm-hmm. It's going to be beautiful. Margo's got pajamas. We got matching pajamas. It's going to be really dope. Really, We're really doing – I'm trying to it. debate. We're leaving on the 23rd um, for L.A. because I have the Christmas Day game. Uh, Christmas in L.A. is nice. Yeah. Um, Celtics and Lakers. I have I, – I need your advice. Should I lie to Viv, she's five, and just c- pretend that Saturday is Christmas? Whereas then we, you know, s- you know, Sunday and Monday, we still have to keep up that lie. Or do I tell her Santa came early because 
he knew that we had to leave early. I'm debating what I should do. I kind of feel like I should just say, "Oh, Monday it's is Christmas. Christmas." Yeah, I think she we can get f- away with just saying Saturday morning is Christmas. You could tell her Saturday morning is Christmas, or you could tell her Santa came early. Would she be mad that Santa came early? This is the question I'm asking you. <laughs> Those would are my she two be, options. Would she be mad that Santa came early? I, it just kind of like, well, why am I? Why did he do that? Like, why isn't it on Christmas? I don't know. Just tell her Saturday is Christmas. I'm gonna say Saturday is Christmas. Just tell her Saturday is Christmas. I feel like this is like the last time I can do this. Because um, yeah, then, then she's gonna know. Like when people say Merry Christmas on Monday, she's gonna be like, right. Whereas five, you're still, she's still kind of clueless. Yeah, that's a, that's the thing. That's what I worry about is like that that Monday. And then she's gonna say, "You lied to me. You yes. lied to me." <laughs> Wait, how? Listen to this. So I told you her birthday, Hanukkah, and Christmas. We is all all in December, and for her birthday, we had forty two kids at her birthday party. Oh my goodness! I know. I told you it was too much. But what I did is I took some of the <laughs> birthday presents, and I. But gave those to her for Hanukkah. She she doesn't know. <laughs> the gift is a gift is a gift. And that's what I'm saying. Like she doesn't need more stuff. So and but then I like gave her one of her best friend's gifts and she saw the card and she goes, Well and she goes, Oh, what's that? I go, Oh, it's a card from Bianca. And she goes, Oh, well, where's her present? I go, I just gave it to you for Hanukkah. And she goes, Mommy, you tricked me. That's not a Hanukkah <laughs> present. I go, oh no, she's learning. <laughs> she's she's getting smarter. I can't lie anymore. She's too I, smart for her own good. That's on, that's on me though. My execution was poor. I yeah, you got you got to take the card and give her the gotta, card on her birthday. Yeah, I got to put it in another. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I didn't. You know, I I took it for granted. So yeah, sorry. Right. Execution. This um just for all those who don't have uh. Who don't have kids and are telling themselves, I'm never going to lie to my kid. You're going to lie. You're going to lie. You're going to lie yeah. a lot. And 100%. bribe a lot. 100%. Only if you're yeah, a good parent. We'll see means no. <laughs> <laughs> All of that stuff. But I hope you enjoy your Christmas. Travel yes. safe to, to Los Angeles. Yes. I'll be watching on TV from the couch with a beverage. Okay. I'm happy for you. Preferably Pinot. I'm very happy yeah. that you get to you celebrate Christmas with your family at home. Because, you know. Sometimes I don't get to, so I get it. I get absolutely. it. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Merry Christmas. It's a blessing. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. See you in 2024. Oh, See you New next year. year. Get ready for all those jokes. Let me know what you think about the Chardonnay. I will. Chilled, of course. Chilled, please.